So I was looking at the attendance last week. It seems like you guys went on vacation with me too. <laughs> that is one reason why I don't like making the announcement I'm not going to be here. It seems like some, some other people are going to be on vacation with me. <laughs> uh, I'm, it's, it's good to be back here. Uh, it feels different though. Our energy seems like we're tired. So maybe we can start with a word of prayer. Maybe that will help our, our, our bodies maybe. I don't know. Let's pray for energy. <laughs> Please join me in the word of prayer. Our Father, holy be your name. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tonight, Father, we praise you with our lips and worship you with our hearts for everything that we have and continue to have, Lord God, are, are from you when we are grateful. Help us, Father, open our minds to your message to us tonight. Let your Holy Spirit guide us, Father, and teach us every single truth that you want us to accept and receive, Father. We believe that you are the great teacher. And as we use your word, Father, I pray that you will move in mighty ways in all your people's lives here. Father, we ask for healing for those who are sick, the ones that can't be with us. We pray for comfort for those who are bothered, Lord. But more importantly, Lord God, we ask for your guidance. I ask, Lord, that you bless my preparations, but at the same time, Father, override it. Let you and you alone teach your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I entitled our message, Craving Satisfied. We're still in our series, Knowing and Growing. This is our New Year series. And just so everybody is acquainted or, or caught up, because I know most of you are, you know, every other Sunday, some of you are just here for the first time for, the, for, for this year. Um, we're, we're talking about the, the three results, the three things that is a result of the truth about God, a truth about God being God becoming man, our message in Christmas, the truth about Christmas. That is what we're doing. The first result is the transformation. Second result is the surrendering of our will. And then tonight we're going to be talking about the delight part, the rejoicing part. A lot of people use the title craving satisfied. You know, and, and, and all of us, if, if you know what this means, right, it, it, you you. Drive to California if you're craving for that, that Jolly Bee burger. That's a two-hour drive for the Filipinos. So that we want to see, we want to be messy again. We, we go to Seafood City so we can see carts are a mess, right? We, we go to our bathroom, it smells like the Philippines, right? And you're like, mmm, craving satisfied, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry, my American friends. <laughs> it gives us a little bit of our home, right? So... When you crave about something, it's either, it's either a food that reminds you of your mom when she used to cook it for you, when she liked you and she loved you. <laughs> and it gives you a certain satisfaction, right? We, we, we go to great lengths to, to satisfy our craving. Craving is a great need. There's a deep need for that certain food or certain people. That's why we, we love to go home back. We, have, we love to go back to the Philippines because we're craving certain foods, certain uh, 
acquaintances, certain things, activity that we used to do or we're used to doing. And until we get that craving, we're not satisfied. And I think it's a pretty clever adage, craving satisfied. But as Christians, as Christians, do you crave God? Do you crave for Him? Now, regardless of the reason for the craving, whatever craving you have, us people, we find a way to satisfy that craving. One way or another, we're going to get it. It doesn't matter how far or how long the drive is or how, how long the line is. I know when I went to Oregon one time with, with my family, there was this, it's called Voodoo Donuts. This is where, you, if you really want to die early, you eat their donuts. It's, there's the donut with sugar and there's bacon on top. And there's a long line. And because people are craving it. Now, I always wonder, for us believers, how come there's, I don't see that craving anymore. Even in, even in my life, I would, I would call myself a professional Christian because it's my job, right? It's my title. I'm a pastor. Do I crave Him? Do I, do I desire Him? And as you're sitting there, before you judge me, you have to ask yourself too, <laughs> am I craving Him? Am I, am, I, am I being, am I just getting satisfied if I read His Word? Look at the empty chairs. The answer for our church? No. Praise God you're here. Not you. If you are here, if you, if you try to make sure that you clear your schedule every Sunday, it doesn't matter whatever football game is on, on, the, on the TV, Right? Who cares if, if the Niners are going to play in the Super Bowl? Right? If you're going to be here because you crave God, you want God. And, and I get it. Every now and then we do come to church because we have a need, right? And that's good because God put that need there so that we will come to Him. I praise God for that. We praise God for that. John John read Romans 8.28 earlier. I was thinking I would see more basketball fans here tonight because Kobe Bryant passed. But yes, yeah, certain different needs, different reasons why we come to church. But there should be one thing that is true to a believer. Is there should be a craving for God. Now if there's no craving for God, I wonder why. Now before we move on, on our first two points, just a review. We, we have to look at Romans 12, 1-2. Now it's, it's crucial that we do reviews or... or, or um, what do you call it? Yeah, review. <laughs> it's, it's good that we review the past subjects or topics because some of you probably didn't hear me or you fell asleep while I was preaching. Some of you weren't here. Or some of you might finally get to a point tonight. Right? You didn't get it then, you're going to get it tonight. The transformation and the surrendering of the will, I think, can be summed up in this verse by Roman, in Romans 12, 1-2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The Holy Spirit indwells in every believer. After accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord, as our Lord, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And that indwelling in us helps us be transformed in our minds. But that transformation doesn't happen automatically if we neglect the fact that we are not reading the Word, we're not studying, we're not coming to church, we're not doing Bible studies. The, the three results happen together. There's no one or the other, first, second, third. I, I just did that in order for us to have uh, an hour message because if I did all of it at the same time, it would be a three-hour, right? <laughs> it's not even a joke. It happened almost uh, one time. But there's that thing. We, we need to have our hearts and our minds be transformed, be surrendered to God. And this is what the, this verse is saying. Our lives need to be offered to Him as a living sacrifice. We don't become a sacrifice when we're dead. We go to our perfect bodies and we live eternal with, with the Lord for the eternity. But right now we are asked to live for God. And that is our proper worship. But in order for us to live for God, our minds need to be transformed. How we see things in our lives need to be transformed. A lot of our will needs to be surrendered to Him. The way we view things no longer is the same from how we were or how we used to see it. How we see our finances shouldn't be the same. How we spend our time shouldn't be the same. So tonight, our topic tonight, again, is the delight part. The, third, the, the other aspect of the result, if you have come to realize that God beca became a man to die on the cross for your sins and mine, those three things happen. And the one thing that we're going to discuss tonight is the delight part, the rejoicing. So are you rejoicing in the fact that God chose you? Out of the many people in the world, do you rejoice in that fact? Are you delighted in that, with that thought? So the top question is, is he your delight? Is he your delight? Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Jamie's plate number. So if you see a car with the plate number going crazy, that's either Dustin or Jamie driving, and you can just rebuke them lovingly. Okay, rebuke them lovingly. It is human nature to battle against self-worship. We are tempted to focus on the latter half of this verse, which is the promise, and He will give me the desires of my heart. And the desires of my heart is against His will. I want to marry this boy who's married to this girl. <laughs> I want to marry this girl who's married to this boy. I want this boy and I'm a boy. You know, it's... That's my heart's desire. Right? We jump into the latter part. That's human nature. We miss the first part, which is the point of this whole verse. The point of this whole verse is the first part. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Now, now think about the, the title that we have. Craving satisfied. Are you craving God? Are you delighting in Him? Now, I want to do a word play. It's not Greek. Because I seem to have a problem with that. 
Now, the synonym, synonym of the word craving as a noun and verb is described a powerful desire of something. And so the synonym of craving is desire. Now, the definition of delight as a noun means great pleasure or a cause of source of great pleasure. That's delight, okay? So with that, we're going to try to do the Joe Salcido translation of this. Take great pleasure in the Lord, and He will give you the powerful desire of your hearts. Now, if, we, if, you, if you think about the meaning, if you delight in the Lord, if He is the source of great pleasure, then what do you think your heart's going to want? Him. Right? Not your retirement plans. Not you being famous in YouTube. Not you being famous in, in whatever social media platform that you're using. Not you and your plans. If you delight in the Lord, your heart's desire is God. You can't wait for a Sundays, no matter how lousy the speaker is. <laughs> Me. You're going to... You could care less if, if the, the song is, if you're singing the, a praise and worship song and out of tune. You could care less because your heart's desire is to just express those words. Lord, I give my all to you. Jesus, lover of my soul. You would sing it no matter how out of tune you are. Because your heart is just saying, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm living. This is the heart of our message tonight, the delight part. Now, now, this is the result of the knowledge, the us knowing that God came down. That God is real. That God loves us. That God chose us. This is one of the results of that. Now, again, is He, is he your delight? Is He your great pleasure? Is God your great pleasure? Or everything else about the world is? Is it something else in the world? Is it someone else in the world? Now, I, I need to put this in here because it might not make sense to some of you, but I'm going to try my best. This is where Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? Now, when our mouth speaks, our actions are, somebody said too, that actions speak louder than our words. So believer, the truth about Jesus, the truth about everything about Him, is that what's coming out of your heart? Is that what you talk about most of the time with your family? Is that the fruit of your life? Is it about Jesus? Or is it about something else? Or is it someone else? Now when we say we, we take delight in the Lord, when we say He's the great pleasure we have to examine our lives, right? Now, I really don't have time to examine all of you unless you do come to me and you say, hey, can you diagnose me? Right? You know, I love it when we go to the doctors, right? When we go to the doctors, before they even tell you what you need, they'll ask you a certain list of questions. I love how medical people do it. It doesn't matter if you're telling them, I just need a Tylenol. 
what my wife told me to come here. We'll say, hey, what's your symptoms? How are you feeling? And whatever their, your answers are to their questions, that's how they give you whatever treatment you need. I love it. Smart people. And it's smart for us sick people to go to those smart people. Now, when it comes to God, though, everybody knows better, right? Everybody else knows better than God. We know better than God what we need, you, our prayer life. When you're not taking delight in the Lord and you're just wanting the desires of your heart, you hear your prayers. You have to hear your prayers. It's like this. It goes like this. Lord, I know that you're busy, so I'm going to make this quick. I need money. I need health. Protect my family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I also know that you know what I need even before I say it. So what's the point of praying? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now we're laughing, right? Because that's ridiculous. We don't say it that way. But if we actually record... And then if we can really see our heart's desire, the purpose of why we're even praying, it's not because to talk to God, it's to get things from God. It's to get things from Him. Great, because God said, ask and you shall receive, right? But are we just using Him? Is there's no more intimacy there? How would you like to be in a relationship where they only talk to you when they need something? Don't, don't tap your... <laughs> Let's not call anybody out. Now we have three points this evening. These are our three points. <clears throat> Is he your delight? Is he your delight over gold or money? That we can also put there... Over success or influence, your significance in the world. Is he your delight over that? You could put there your retirement or investment plans. Second part, over health or safety. Is he, is he your delight over that? That you would go out of your comfort zone? Or over family and close relationships? Is he your delight over that? Or, did, or do they take precedence before God? So our first point, over gold and money. Remember the rich man, the rich young ruler? He went to Jesus asking Jesus, how can I earn eternal life? And then Jesus said, do all the commandments. And he said, I've done all that. And then Jesus says, one thing you lack is give out your gold. And he went away. He went away. Despite being obedient to all the Mosaic law, the rich young ruler went and asked Jesus on how he can earn eternal life. Now, I'm thinking maybe, maybe because he just wanted Jesus' affirmation, a pat on the back, like, hey, son, you did everything good. You're good to go. Maybe he wanted that pat on the back. Or maybe he wasn't sure. Maybe something in his heart was still saying, we still were incomplete. And he heard about Jesus. And then he went to Jesus. But then when Jesus gave him the answer, he didn't want it. Most of the time, that's our Christian life. We come to church thinking we want to hear from God, and we hear what God, exactly this thing that we didn't want him to say. End this relationship, and you're saying, heck no. This is why I don't go to church. Pastor is so legalistic. 
Why does he have to go black and white? The Bible is so out of fashion. Nobody believes in marriage now. It's better if you're living in with your partner. Because tax purposes, it's better. He's a bum, you know, I'm, I'm making more. <laughs> He's just going to marry me for money. She's going to be marrying for money. We hear what God says, and then we, we're like the rich young ruler. We turn around and say, no way. No way. So that means our money means more to us than God. We delight more. We take great pleasure with money more than God. We take more pleasure and great pleasure in our success financially or with our career better than we want God with us, than God himself. Now, it's good that we hear that. We might not accept it right away, but it's good that we hear it. Now, if you're sitting there and you're, and you're saying, you know, that, that's me. It's good. It means you were honest. You know, most of us American Christians, because it's, it's so easy to make money here in America if you're just smart. It's unlike, unlike the Philippines. You can work so, twice as hard but still not make money. But here in America, you just have to make the right decisions, have the right career, and you have the money. You just have to go to a prayer meeting and ask for success and you can stop going to church. <laughs> like the young ruler here, Jesus asked, told him to let go of the money. Now folks, we are to work because the Bible said, he who does not work does not eat. We are to work. But that, that blessing from God shouldn't come before him. And it's time for you to examine yourself and ask yourself, do I take more pleasure in my relationship with God or with my financial success? Here's a quote. Next slide, please. From John Piper. If God is your gold, he will be your gladness. If God is your treasure, he will be your pleasure. Is that your case? Is that the case for you? Next point. Over health and safety. Now, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were asked to bow down to the, the statue of gold of Nebuchadnezzar. Or else they will be thrown in the furnace. The blazing furnace. And we all know their decision, right? They said, no, we're not going to bow down to any statue, to any idols that you put up. Because our God will rescue us. But then they said this, even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't rescue us, we will not bow down to your idol. Oh, folks, is this our case? Is this your case? Is this your answer? Because if you delight in the Lord, who cares what you're going to face for Him? Who cares if there's danger because you're a follower of God, of Jesus? There's persecution, right? 
I just came back from a trip, which is where I, uh, I went to see my family in California. And every time I see my family in California, I get stressed out. It's not really a happy reunion all the time. Because they really test me. They really want the old me rather than the new me. They could care less about the new me. Ask me if one of them asked about the church. No, zero. Ask me if they asked me to drink with them. The answer is yes, many times. They even poured a drink. And I was asking for their protection because I didn't want to hurt them because I was so offended. They didn't want to hear what I have to say. There was another guy telling me that God created wine. God, Jesus created water from wine. <laughs> it's okay to drink so long as you don't get drunk. Three o'clock in the morning, he's so drunk, he forgot everything that he said. The next day, he was confessing. So that's a small persecution for Jesus. But there are bigger persecution for Jesus. Just your, your safety. When, when, when it's snowing, and it's time for church. I'm pretty sure it's an easy decision for most of you to stay at the house. But if it's work, and you're on your last warning at work, and you're out of PTO, <laughs> and your best friend that could clock you in is not there. <laughs> God didn't allow you to cheat that day. What will you do? You'll get in your car and you'll say all your prayers. Lord, protect me as I'm sliding because I need to go to work. But if it's church, oh, God knows. Saved by grace. I'll just wait for the video. I'll wait for the podcast. I'll text Pastor Joe that I can't make it. It's okay now. But if it's work, it's different. But it's to go to the Philippines. If it's Time to go to here. There's snow in the pass. Chains required. You're flighted at 7.30 at night. I know what you're going to do. You're going to get there on time, number one. But if it's church, you're not on time. If it's church, oh, it's snowing. It's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. But if it's your pal flight, you're making it. Over health and safety. Removing yourself out of your comfort zone. Why is it so hard? If you're delighting in the Lord, if the Lord, if you get, take great pleasure in God, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what danger is in front of you, what persecution is in front of you. It shouldn't matter. I'm pretty sure most of you have already posted that your, your love for Kobe is just outpouring. Like, oh, Kobe, I love you. But if it's Jesus, oh, we camouflage that, right? Well, whatever, because we don't want to be offensive. You know, we say, Jesus, you're going to offend your friends. You're probably going to lose friends. Everything else, we mask it for Jesus. Well, what the world, we do it. We make it happen. It's okay to ask for God's protection because that's what God wants us to do. And we should keep doing that. But if we're, more, if we're concentrated on our safety more than obeying God's will, it's different. I, I heard this, I read this, this quote today, and I want to share it with you. 
It says, with our jobs, we chose it. With our calling, we were chosen. So what's your calling? What's your calling that you haven't been responding to? Your calling, number one, is you're a chosen people. You're one of God's chosen people. Are you responding to that call? Third point, over family and close relationships. Now, this is where I get in trouble all the time. Now, this is where Jesus said that um, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus did not mean here that we hate our spouse. Although you don't need Jesus to tell you that, right, sometimes? <laughs> this doesn't tell us to hate our children, our brothers and sisters, Though what he means here that is that we take them, we should love them not more than God, but we have to love God more than them. We have to love God more than them. Now, isn't this where we almost always fail? Or oh, my mom, Joe, if I will accept Jesus as my Lord right now, and I become a Christian, it will kill my mom. I've heard that. They will disown me. My husband will not love me if I am all about church all the time. My husband tells me I spend too much time at church. My mom tells me I'm too much at church. My dad tells me. It, there's always... Somebody that's going to be against it. Because not everybody will get your obedience to God. Not everybody will get your love relationship with God. This is when we get really challenged, especially for the Filipino culture, because we're very clannish, right? Our respect for our, our family, our love for our family, is, 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 is superb. But then when we come into our relationship with Jesus, He challenges that. Every relationship is already on the line. I've lost many relationships, and I'm okay with it, for, for Jesus. And a lot of my relationships get strained because of my relationship with Jesus. And I'm okay with it. But do I struggle with it? Yes, I struggle with it. So your struggle is okay. Because that means you're alive. You're finally realizing that, oh my gosh, I need to choose between my God and my husband. That's a good struggle. At least that means you're alive spiritually. You're finally alive. You're in a battle. The worst thing to be in a battle is if you're sleeping. right? You have no fighting chance because you're sleeping. Your, sno your snooze button, you hit it. But when you're struggling, when you see or a relationship of yours is being strained because of your relationship with God, that's fine. Just do it. If you delight in the Lord, if you take great pleasure in God, your answer is, so what? So what? Now, believer, have you come into that point? And in this one, Peter replied, 
a conversation. Peter, I love Peter. Peter always gets himself in trouble, just like me. Peter replied, remember, we left everything to be your followers. Jesus told him, you can be sure that anyone who gives up home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or father or children or land for me and for the good news will be rewarded. In this world, they will be given a hundred times as many houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and pieces of land, though they will also be mistreated. And in the world to come, they will have eternal life. But, ma but many who are now first will be last, and many who are now last will be first. Right? Peter, Peter was, in Tagalog, nanunumbat na si Peter. He's saying, He's, he's taking it against God right now. He's throwing it in his face. We left everything for you. So you better bless us. So you better be there for us. Sometimes we act like that with the Lord. Because we've, we've made so many sacrifices for God. We've went through so many mistreatments. And yet he's not answering our prayers. And yet he's not there for us. Yet he feels so distant. Yet we're still going through problems. And then we say this, just like Peter, remember we left, left, we left everything for you. Just like, just like a, a lover. Just like a husband to an unfaithful wife, right? The husband will say, I, I sacrificed everything for you. And you're still straying. But unlike that relationship with the Lord, God is always faithful. You might not feel that way all the time, but God is always there. He knows all the pain that we're going through. He knows all the disappointments that we're feeling. But the, the, the delay on our prayers, sometimes that's growth for us. Because God wants us to grow. God doesn't want us to, to you know, just like when we were babies, right? When we were baby Christians, it seems like our prayers were always answered. Do you realize that? If you look back in your, in your Christian life, like, oh man, you know, when, when I was a baby, I, I would ask and he will give. Just like, a, just like Emma Sue, she cries, they'll feed her, no questions asked. All right? when babies, when they cry, no, nobody's going to question. I mean, we complain, like, what's wrong with you? But then we give them, Is it, are you wet? You need to be changed? You need milk? But then as they get older, as they get older, we just don't give them what they want. So it's the same with our faith. As we get older with our faith, God just doesn't want to continue to just give that because He wants to test our faith. He wants us to grow in our faith. Now, just like Peter, sometimes we, we say this question because we're trying to remind God. Because maybe what? We, we think He forgot? He forgot what it, it cost us? Or is it the other way around? Did we forget what it cost him so that we can be in a relationship with him? It's that, that's the thing. We forgot. We forgot that it was him and it took more for him for us to be in a relationship with him. He doesn't owe us anything. As, but, but we pray as if he does. We act as if he does. We live our lives, lives as if he does owe us. He owes it to us that we are faithfully coming to church every Sunday including Wednesdays. And then when we're not getting our prayers answered, oh my gosh, that's when we start rebelling. 
Now, do you take great pleasure in God? Is He, when you come into a relationship with the Lord and, 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 you're, and you're reading your word and you're, you're praying to Him because you just want to be with Him, does that satisfy your craving? Or do you even crave for Him at all? Or, he, or is He just your Sunday exercise? Is He your ritual? I need to do this. You need to do this not because you want Him. You need to do this for yourself so you can feel holy. So you can check that on your to-do list. Not because you want to be with that person. Now, most of us here, we've lost friends along the way, right? It, the ones that we left in the Philippines, right? And I know pretty much maybe all of us here have a friend that we would rather be with. And it doesn't matter what we do with them, correct? It doesn't matter. When we see a long-time friend that we haven't seen for a, long, uh, for a while, right? You don't need the steak, steak and lobster, to enjoy your time with them. You just need to be with that person, correct? doesn't matter where. Some of us, we're, we're excited just to see them on FaceTime. Like, oh my gosh, you're there. I am here. I can't believe you have more gray hair than me. You know, recently I lost, uh, I lost my, my brother-in-law, Ian. Now, I didn't lose him. He's alive, right? But he moved back to the Philippines. He moved back to the Philippines. That's why I skipped the prayer meeting this Wednesday. And um, Alonzo said this. He said, Dad, it's crazy. He goes, I know Tito's alive. He didn't die, but it feels like I lost him. And I know what he needs to do is he needs to go there to the Philippines and be with him again one more time. And it doesn't matter if they go to the mall. It just, he just needs to be with his uncle. Right? I'm pretty sure my sister, uh, my sister-in-law and my wife feels the same way. Whenever you're in a great relationship with someone, it does not matter what you're doing or what you need to do. It doesn't matter where you need to be. You just need to be with that person. Do we agree? Yes. Do you feel the same way with Jesus? Do you feel the same way with Jesus? If your answer is no, you have to ask yourself, why not? Do you need to be actually sitting in the White House for you to say, praise God, I made it? Do you need to be actually riding your Cadillac 2020 Cadillac Escalade to say, praise God, I made it? Do you need to actually look at your bank account and it says seven figures, not seven dollars, right? Seven figures for you to say, praise God, I made it. Is that the only time that we're going to talk to God and say, Lord, I love you because you bless me tremendously? I want to end our message with this. There's two quotes here. I'll start with John Piper's. If you delight more on the blessings rather than the blesser, you are an idolater, not a worshiper. If you use God to get things, you're an idolater. If you use Christianity 
to bless and protect your family, you're an idolater. If you use God to become successful, you're an idolater. You're not a worshiper. If you use God so that you can be healed, you're an idolater. You're not a worshiper. Because not every time you pray for healing, you're going to get healed. Correct? Not every Christian is successful in life. Correct? Not all our prayers are answered. Correct? You don't take great pleasure with God. The last one is beautiful right here. Anyone can find God useful. Growing Christians find God beautiful. Do you find God beautiful? Do, do you take pleasure in just knowing that God came down and chose you to become part of His family so that you have eternal life? Do you find that truth, that love of His beautiful? Do you find the thought of Him wanting you to pray to Him? He just wants you to pray to Him. He wants you to talk to Him. He'll give you what you want. He gave you His Son. He'll give you what you want. But if, if what you're asking for, more, it means more to you than being with Him, that's where the problem is. Folks, this is the one result of knowing that God is real. That we take delight in Him. That it doesn't matter if we don't get our prayers answered. That it doesn't matter if we're not being, you know, if we're not safe or we're not healthy. It's just the fact that God is beautiful and He loves us. And He has come down and has chosen us. Do you find that beautiful? Do you find God beautiful? Do you, will you be able to say, hashtag craving satisfied just because you have God? Or do you need the world? You need everything about the world. A sad news today broke out, right? For those of you who are in the know. <laughs> I know I've used him a couple times, maybe more. Kobe Bryant passed away in a tragic accident. Now, the, the question that, that was ringing in my mind was, this guy is 41 years old. He's very productive, right? Very popular, very influential. Very healthy. There's other people there that is the opposite of him. But God decided to take him. Now, I don't know about his faith, if he has a relationship with Jesus. But it should bring all of us to, to that point of question. Because everybody will be called, right? Everybody's time will be up. We don't know when. Doesn't matter how young you are, what plans you have, how many Oscars you have, or how many Oscars you want to win. Sooner or later, all of us will be called. Our time will be called. Now, the most important thing for us Christians is that we were chosen. Now, we are saved from the consequences of our sin. And that alone should bring great joy in our hearts. I know the world fills our minds and our lives with everything else. But folks, don't fall into that trap. Crave for God. Delight in Him. Now if there's no 
I know it's not emotional, but there's, that's part of it. The rejoicing is part of it. Once we realize that God came down and saved us, and we have that relationship with Him, that becomes more important than our relationships, than our health, or than money and gold. Whatever action is good in this life, whatever idea is good and true, whatever thing we see or hear or smell or taste or touch of all God's creation, all of it's designed by God as a sign and taste of what it is, what it is like to enjoy God Himself, the crucifixion, His creation, His providence, His covenant, Chocolate, bread, water, sex, mothers, gold. These are not God, but they are His good gifts. And if our enjoyment or our rejoicing or we take more delight in those things and it ends on those things, we are idolaters. We are not worshipers. No matter how much we thank God for them. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you gave me my children. Yeah, I always thank God for all his blessings. Yes, that's fine. No matter how much you thank God, but it ends there. If you lose your children, like Job. If you lose your health, like Job. If you lost your business, like Job. Will you be able to respond like Job? The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you going to be able to say that? Because folks, it could happen. Is the delight in our Lord your highest priority? It should be, if it's not. What could be more liberating, more thrilling, more amazing than the God who made the universe saved a hopeless sinner like you and me to the point of his death on the cross, the death of a criminal. Folks, I have to keep saying it so that we don't forget. You have to keep hearing it so you don't forget. You don't take it for granted. We've taken it for granted. We made gold better than our salvation. We made success better than our salvation. You know, our health, sometimes people get saved because they were sick. So praise God for that sickness. Amen? If a heartbreak of a relationship caused them to surrender to Christ, praise God for that heartbreak, for that broken relationship. Amen? If us coming down to our brokenness financially brings us to Christ, well, praise God for that failed business. Amen? If the truth about God truly lives in our hearts, in our minds, it will translate with our obedient lives, a transformed life, a surrendered life, and a life that delights in the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your message to all of us tonight. We ask that your Holy Spirit will empower us to obey your will in everything that we have heard this evening. 
Help us, Lord, to make you our delight. Help us, Lord, that we will crave your word. That we won't be satisfied until we come to that point and into our knees, praying to you, asking you just to be with us, just to be with you, delighting in just the thought of you. Help us to find you beautiful again. Forgive us for our sins, Lord God, for the times that we made everything else more important rather than you. Help our straying hearts, our hearts that is an idol factory. Help us, Lord, to change. Make you our priority. Help us to delight in you. Help us to become more and more like you. Help us live with joy and gladness. In Jesus' mighty name and the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.